All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Athletic Department podcast. I'm uh, Jeremy Foote, joined by Brian Rosenthal. Um, so since we last talked, Brian, we went to Chicago. You were there for a little over 24 hours. I was there less than 24 hours. Um, what did you find out in your uh, day and a half at the uh, downtown hotel in Chicago? That it takes about as long to get from the airport downtown taking an Uber as it does the train. Yes, so, so. I, I flew in Monday morning and rode the train. I believe on Sunday, you, Seamus, and Ridge took an Uber. Yes. And then Monday night, you and I took the train back. Yes. And it was about the same distance. About the same. About the, I mean, the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little worried Monday. You never know with traffic how things work. The train yeah. usually is basically it's going to be how long it takes. Um, I'm guessing the Uber might have been a little more comfortable, though. Eh. I think we stood for most <laughs> that's of the true. train, the 45 I at least got train to sit, ride. I at least got to sit down in the Uber. Yeah, so that's true. Um, so let's see. Um, Monday was basically Nebraska. Everything happened for Nebraska on Monday at Media mm -hmm. Days. They didn't really have anything Tuesday other than the uh, luncheon. So we heard from Scott Frost at the podium. Heard from Gerald Foster, Mick Stoltenberg, and um, Stanley Morgan. And then Coach Frost had another kind of uh, smaller media gathering later in the day. Did you learn anything new, or was it kind of uh, a lot of things you were expecting? You know, when you have players sitting at a table for 45 minutes answering questions nonstop from reporters of, of all types across the entire conference, you actually learn some things, just personality-wise, I guess. Like Mick Stoltenberg, I know he he wants to be a coach someday. That's something that I learned. And uh, Gerald Foster told a, a funny story about all the newcomers coming here and uh, how he asked the same person five times, uh, you know, introduced himself as though he had met him for the first time five different times and you know funny stories like that so um but yeah it was largely a lot of the same talk about scott frost and changes in the program and, and the expectations for the upcoming season and uh they did field a lot of the same questions over and over as as you might expect when you have different reporters coming and going or at a you know over a 45 minute period but i learned that they're uh raring to go for fall camp that's for sure yeah i think uh well, I'm sure the players and coaches are probably the most excited, but I think fans are just as excited. Um, yeah. Little plug for our site. So practice starts Friday. Um, there is no media availability for outside media the first three days of practice. So people should come visit Huskers.com where they can uh, – we'll have some photos, some videos on there. Um, I'm sure you'll have some written content on Huskers.com. So um, shameless plug that we'll want people to come visit there Friday. Um, that's the only place you'll be able to get content related to practice. So uh, I'm sure there'll be some, maybe some former players and such that'll be a practice that'll put some stuff out. But That'd from, be good too. From, yeah, from an official standpoint, uh, hopefully uh, come, come and see what Brian writes on there. Um, he's had some good content throughout the summer. I actually read your story from Media Day, uh, the Gerald Foster story. So yeah. that kind of reminds me, it seems like... Uh, when I coach my son's little league team, like the first practice, there's ten new kids there, and you know nobody's name, and it probably takes a while. But um, I'm and he's sure. got and he's got 51. I think yeah. I think there's 51 newcomers on the team. I didn't realize that until oh geez, I, I saw that number several different places. I can't credit the first person I saw or who counted it, but somebody counted it, and there's 51, and that's a lot. That's a lot of newcomers. Yeah, because that's not even just. I mean, obviously, we had the two different signing days this year, which was the first time that's ever happened. You had the December and then the True. February. But then there's been so many guys that have transferred transferred in yeah. or, um, I mean, joined the team ever since February. So that number's grown quite a bit. 
not, I don't know if that includes walk-ons. I know obviously they're trying to mm-hmm. attract more and more walk-ons, so that's probably a lot of that too. But still, that's a lot of new faces to to learn. So I, I'd be the same way if I was trailed. I would I would introduce myself to the same person probably at least five times, yes. and, and then probably still not remember. But um, who so, are you, <laughs> Jeremy? That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so specifically, you sat down with Mick Stoltenberg and Gerald Foster. And in a little bit, we're going to play your interviews with them from Media Day. Um, I guess, do you want to lump them together? Or were there certain yeah, you, things? You can, you, you can lump them together. The, I, I guess I highlighted a couple of the things that, not necessarily are in this interview, but from what I learned talking with them in those sessions, like I said, with, with Mick wanting to be a coach someday and Gerald ter- telling his funny story and some other funny stories, too. Another thing about Gerald, he, he said that um, he, he noticed that Scott Frost is very particular in giving answers as far as he's not going to say I don't know or just say something to give an answer. He will give a detailed answer to a question about a player formation or whatever the case may be. And if he doesn't know, he's not going to say. He'll say, hang on, I'll find out and I'll get back to you. And that leads to more production and practice. That leads to less confusion, fewer uh, mistakes. And you could tell that Gerald really appreciated that, the way he told that story. So, again, that's something that he said up front, um, and I think I wrote about that actually, too, in the story. It's not in the interview, but, and, and, and you know, and, and, and Stoltenberg talked about how Ben Stilley is kind of his, almost his twin, as, as much weight as he's gained and as many strides as he's made in, in off-season conditioning and everything, and um, as far as him being probably the top weight gainer or strength gainer, whatever you're going to say, as far as making the biggest progress in the offseason. So he did talk about Ben Stoy a little bit. But otherwise, um, yeah, we can go to those interviews here in a little bit. But uh, those are some of the things that I learned from talking to those two. An interesting thing I've seen with the coaching staff or noticed from the coaching staff is it seems like they're good at communicating kind of what you just talked about. Something I remember from your story was um, I don't remember which player it was, and maybe you can recall. Uh, a lot of things you'll notice in sports when maybe things aren't going your way or people aren't focused. You just hear the, let's go, let's do this. Yeah, uh, Gerald said Gerald, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you brought up a good point of, or Gerald went on to explain why that's not really a good thing to say to anybody because what does it really mean? It's just kind of yelling. It's jargon. It's, it means nothing. It's and, just, a, it's just, it's, it's habit. It's like saying, yeah, or whatever, or, uh, or you yeah. know, in these interviews, it's the same thing. It's, it really is. It's just a, it's a habit thing. You hear it all the time. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, yeah. what does that accomplish? Nothing. Yeah. And as you said in the story, Scott's and his staff is more of a, instead of just yelling that, it's a, no, let's talk about what's actually the issue and fix that and not just yell at you and tell you. I mean, there's there's yeah. some substance yeah. behind what they're trying to, to get across, which I think that's pretty important for um, 18, 19, 20-year-old guys, who a lot of them probably actually don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. And obviously, they're learning a new system, so there's a lot of teaching that has to be to go on. Yeah, I, I think the staff is uh, is filled with excellent teachers and, and getting their point across in a very positive way, uh, energetic way, and I, I just think that leads to you know better camaraderie, better um, better flow. I, practices will go better. It, it's just. I guess it makes sense when you stop and think about it, but it's it's good to see and it's good to hear them talk about that. It was also really nice to see. It felt like um, this is something I talked about with uh, Greg Sharp from the Husker Sports Network. Is you know the last couple of years Nebraska hasn't been someone at media days where people were excited. 
that Nebraska was there or really excited to go out and talk to somebody from Nebraska. And this year it was a lot different. It was from a national standpoint anyway, there was national writers there that were excited about Nebraska Mm -hmm. and wanted to talk to Scott and wanted to talk to our players. And obviously that happens when you have a staff changeover and all that stuff. But I feel like that's something that will continue just with Scott's personality. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to kind of see that on the national stage again. And I think in your article I mentioned, you know, kind of how – they're doing that in the recruiting trail that, mm-hmm. you know, he's been pleasantly surprised with how parents and recruits are re- responding to that. It, well, it's, it's interesting because when you see the national media or just the, the Big Ten media and you read stories and tweets and blogs and, and talk to them in person and everything, they truly want Nebraska back. I mean, everybody knows that college football is better when the powers are good, mm-hmm. whether it's Texas or USC being down or Nebraska being down or all programs have gone through it. Oklahoma went through it in the 90s and early 2000s before Bob Stoops came back. And obviously Alabama went through their stretch. Texas is going through their stretch right now. All powers go through this. College football is better when the name brands are really, really good. And the national media truly, I believe, wants Nebraska. I, I, I know that people joke about ESPN and being down in Nebraska and everything and I, you know conspiracy theories and all this, that, and everything else. But you saw a tweet from... Uh, Kirk Herbstreit on ESPN and talked about Scott Frost at Big Ten Media Days and how impressed he was with how he represented Nebraska and how you can tell that this means a lot to him. And and, and you've heard Kirk talk about that before, that, again, that college football was better when Nebraska is better. And I, I really do think that a lot of people want that. Yeah, I, I don't think you can argue with that. I mean, in any sport, I think everyone wants the powers to be good i mean obviously there's a certain player that shifted in the nba and i'm sure uh, the nba would be very excited if the los angeles lakers got really good at basketball <laughs> again and the knicks were better at basketball but not saying we're the uh nebraska's the lakers or the knicks but yeah when when the traditional powers in a sport are better it, it makes it makes everything better in that sport so uh i think we're going to roll into uh your conversations with mick and uh gerald and then we'll be back to talk after that Brian Rosenthal here with uh, Mr. Foster. How are you, Mr. Foster? I'm doing pretty good. How's today been like for you? What's this experience been like? It's been long, but, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be able to get out the word, uh, you know, that our team is in good uh, hands with Coach Frost. Gerald, what's the number one question that you've been asked today? Um, How does it feel to have Coach Frost as your coach? And uh, I've answered that about a million times in Nebraska, so I was prepared and ready. (laughs) Is it fun to answer, though, after? a while. I know it gets kind of old, but the topic in general, there's excitement with the run program and everything. Is it kind of fun in a way to answer that so many times? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, being able to have somebody like Coach Frost, it does make me happy. You know, just to be able to say he is my coach, you know. Uh, so, I take it with, you know, a grain of salt in there. Have you been to media days before? No, I didn't. So, first one. so what do you think of this whole experience? A lot's going on. Yeah. A lot is going on. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy I was able to come out, you know. This is a great experience and a great honor as a player to be able to, you know, represent uh, such a great school. What's the best thing that you can say about just the offseason and, and getting ready for fall camp is, I know reporters are asking that a lot too, but what do you tell them when they ask them that? Um, can you say that one more time? Just in general, reporters are asking about expectations this summer and getting ready for fall camp. What, 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 do, you, what do you tell them with that? Well, I tell them that we're always shooting to be the best. I mean, if you're not 
got a team that doesn't shoot, you know, to, to win it all, then why are you even playing? Uh, we're we're going to work our butts off when it comes to this fall, um, and then we'll be ready for the season because um, I know these coaches are not going to let us not be prepared. Um, and hopefully we can uh, do something that's wild this year. You told a funny story in there about newcomers, about the same person that maybe you had asked yeah. who he was like five different times. But how, how cool is it to have so many new faces on this team for your last year? Um, uh, it's, it's, it, it's its own kind of fun, you know, because uh, we have new faces in the staff, new faces, you know, I, I'm meeting people every single day. And if you're a new guy like on like the wrestling team or something, I might come up to you because I just don't know, you know, at this point I've just been trying to be there, you know, be a, be a good guy to all the uh, people that are around me, but it is fun. I enjoy seeing all the new faces. You should hand out name tags or something. I might have to. I might have to. <laughs> Gerald, thanks for your time. Best of luck this season. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Brian Rosenall here now with uh, Mick Stoltenberg, and we're finishing up day one of the media days here in uh, Chicago. What's been the overall theme, the number one question you've been asked today, Mick? Um, I'm sure this can kind of go without saying, but, you know, number one question we're getting is, uh, what's your first impressions of Coach Frost? Um, how has that transition gone? Uh, I've been asked that in uh, about 110 different ways today. But, no, it's, 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 uh, it's been a good day so far, and uh, it, it, I do enjoy answering those questions, even though they are repetitive. Um, and I understand why people are asking it. You know, it's a big change in the program, so I, I completely understand. So they have 100 different ways of asking them. Do you have 110 different ways of uh, giving them an answer or not? I've got a few uh, answers that I've, you know, they started off spontaneous at the beginning of the day, and now they're starting to become a little more rehearsed, <laughs> it sounds like. I feel like I'm just repeating the same things over and over again. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of keep it different by uh, giving the same message. So. What's the whole experience been like here for you? It's been really cool. Uh, it's crazy. It's almost pretty much over for me. Um, as much as they were running us around, it kind of went by fast. Um, started off this morning at Radio Row, and that was kind of a whirlwind, you know, just sitting at a bunch of different tables on a bunch of different, bunch of different radio shows. But there were some familiar faces. Obviously, we got a lot of Nebraska media here, so that's kind of cool. But just overall, uh, just super excited to, to represent Nebraska here. And, you know, it's maybe something growing up that definitely would have been something I wanted to do. Um, just be, like, be a guy that they chose to do this. It's, it's, a, it's a cool experience. Do you have any opportunity to converse or meet with other student athletes from other universities, or does it just go so fast that you don't really have a chance to I talk feel to like, them? I feel like maybe tonight or tomorrow we'll have a chance. But today was, I mean, I see them in passing. It's like maybe you want to have a conversation, but they're running off to somewhere and we're running off to somewhere. So maybe we'll get those chances later on tonight or tomorrow at the luncheon. So. Thanks, Mick. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Brian. Take care. We'll see you later. All right, well, that was great to hear with uh, interviews Brian had with uh, Mick Stoltenberg, Gerald Foster. Um, well, now we're past media day. Now the, the next big hurdle is fall camp, which starts on Friday. Um, as we said, I'm sure players, coaches are excited about that. I know everyone's here is excited about that. Um, I know last podcast we talked a little bit about what you were excited to see. I guess re just to reiterate, what are you excited to see first day of practice? Well, we should also mention, too, there's a media conference on Thursday with uh, with, with Coach Frost, and I believe players will be there. Yeah, it's going to be 2.30, um, Coach yeah. Frost, and I think he's planning on somewhere between 8 to 12 players. We'll yeah. have that live video of that live on our site. Yeah. Um, Make sure you watch that. So. Yeah, you can watch, watch on Huskers.com or um, you watch on your phone, our, our video player's HTML5 now, so uh, should be able to watch all that video 
easily on yeah. your mobile device. So um, I'm sure there'll be some tidbits that come out of that. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, the, the quarterbacks. I mean, that, that's what everybody's going to be watching. That's the mm-hmm. obvious one. And you know, Coach Frost didn't really add too much in Chicago to the to the race, other than to say that he would like to name a starter no later than one week before the first game. But if somebody emerges as the obvious front runner before that, they won't hesitate to go ahead and name somebody. I don't think that will happen. I, I think they're they're targeting that one week thing and probably figure on going up to that. Now, stranger things have happened. We'll we'll see. We might have a starting quarterback a week from now. You never know. But I doubt that. I, I think it's going to be a true uh, a true battle. And I, I think it's you know everybody's talking about between Gibia and. Um, and, and Adrian Martinez, but I don't think you can necessarily count out Andrew Bunch. I really don't. I mean, I, th- I think he's he had a good spring and has a good head on his shoulders and, and runs the offense well. So I, I, st- I still think he's in the mix too, but um, may- maybe a shade behind the other two. But I, I still think he's part of the part of the plan too. Well, and, and competition makes everybody better. So as many people Absolutely. as you're going to have in the competition pushing each other, um, that's a positive. Um, I'm always interested to see, and it seems like this happens anytime you have staff changes there's a player two three guys that maybe fell out of grace of some type with the old staff or just Mm -hmm. didn't fit a scheme properly or something like that and it's just a completely fresh start for them whatever they had going on before the new staff doesn't doesn't have that and i'll be interested to see what what player or two that is that comes in that no one kind of sees coming that maybe it's a probably not a freshman obviously because they're new anyway but if it's a sophomore junior senior guy that maybe hasn't seen the field a whole lot that makes some breakthrough with the new staff yeah that'll be interesting to see that reminds me of a guy named Indomitian Sue he was that way he, he really didn't do much as freshman and sophomore years and then changing coaching staffs and boy did he blossom <laughs> I mean and maybe he would have anyway I don't know I'm not saying that that was necessarily a, a staff thing but it, it, his his blossoming definitely coincided with the coaching change. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. But yeah, that's a good point. There there could be a lot of stones unturned, and and we don't know about yet different players that could emerge that, as you said, just really didn't fit into the previous staff's uh, plans or schemes or whatever, or or maybe you didn't see eye to eye off the field on some things. You never know. So it'll be interesting to see if there's some of those types of players that emerge this fall. So there'll be a couple other than players and coaches. There'll also be a couple new. Uh, we talked about there's been a lot of guys added since February as far as players, but there'll be a couple new staff members as well that have joined the staff over the last couple of weeks. Um, one guy is probably very well. They're both really familiar with here. One slightly more than the other because he's been here longer. But uh, Ron Brown joined uh, not as a coach this time, but as a director of player personnel or player development I believe yes um, he'll be kind of working off off the field um, helping uh, players get used to college life and also then prepare themselves for life after college I mean obviously about every guy comes here thinking that they're going to be in the NFL but in all reality that's not how the world works um, so it's always good to have someone here that can help them uh, prepare for life after football um, and then the other addition is Dave Ellis who was here uh, previously, in quite a successful role, Dave, highly regarded uh, nutritionist uh, throughout the country, and he is back now leading the uh, the performance nutrition area in the athletic department, but also working directly with football. Um, I guess what, what's your thoughts on, on those two mm-hmm. guys coming back? 
they're getting the gang back together again. I mean, that's really what this <laughs> yep. has that feel to it that Scott said, you know, Scott Frost said all along that he wants to use the formula that worked in the 90s. So what better way to do that than to bring back the people who did that? So mm-hmm. now I don't think we're going to see George Sullivan doing training table or the training room anymore yeah. or anything. But uh, uh, those names from the past, like Dave Ellis and Ron Brown and uh, even Duvall in the in the weight room. So it's good to have uh, familiar names uh, and faces around the program and especially people that Scott knows that he can depend on and, and help build this thing back. So it's not really a surprise. Uh, I, I think that the more familiar faces that he can have around him to help build this thing, that people who were here during the 90s and, and know what that's about and, you know, he can't replicate everything, but if you've got some of the pieces to the model that worked before and they're still good and they are, why not try them again and see what you can do? Yeah, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing somewhat of what Scott said at Media Day, but I think it was his thought was always the power attack that Nebraska used in the 90s, mm-hmm. marrying, that, marrying that with his offensive fast-paced approach just makes almost an unstoppable force and it kind of seems like that's part of what's going on now and yeah, he joked that if he could ever do that, this he thought this when he was the offensive coordinator at Oregon, that if he could marry that offense with Husker Power, that he would go undefeated. He was kind of kidding with himself, mm-hmm. but lo and behold, he did it at Central Florida. They went undefeated in, in two years. So hopefully that can happen here in a, in a few years. I don't anticipate that this year necessarily, but uh, I know Scott thinks that they can win at least by next year and, and be competitive in the Big Ten West, if not this year. But mm-hmm. I, I know for sure next year that he says that, you know, they can challenge for a Big Ten West title and, and maybe a Big Ten title in year two already. Yeah, it'll be it, it's going to be an interesting year. I think it's really hard to uh, make any kind of guess on on what a team can do. Um, especially because I, th- I think that just two parts, everybody's rejuvenized. And then, too, I think it was Stanley Morgan was talking about being in the underdog role. And not that that's the role. I mean, you don't want to be in that role every year because then that means that you're not in the top of the pecking order. But there's something to be said when you're not the guy on top trying to sustain that and instead being in the underdog role and kind of not having the pressure mm-hmm. and not having any. And I think that's what Stanley said. You know, no one expects any from, from us. So we're just going to come out and play. And then there's something to be said about having that. You know, just go out and do what you do and not have to worry about national polls and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, there's no pressure whatsoever. Yeah, and there's an advantage there. Absolutely. And and if you have a few Stanley Morgans with a chip on their shoulder, there's nothing wrong with that, too, for a motivating factor. But and you, you look at the team that, that went four and eight last year and they were still in games that, that they could have won, even though mm-hmm. they played so poorly. And, 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 and you know. I'll just leave it at that, that, you know, they didn't, they didn't play well and they still could have won more games. And I, I just think that you, you can see a significant turnaround this year, um, at least in effort and attitude and, and probably in wins and losses as well. But, and then, as we said, in, in 2019, really, really take a huge leap forward. But I think they've already taken a huge leap forward with the strength and conditioning. Again, yeah. I, I don't know who totaled this up, but in the media guide, compared all of the weights from the end of last year to going into this year and it was a combined weight gain of like 800 pounds or something like that and i i can't credit because i don't remember who it exactly was that did that but uh there you go right there i mean that's some 
that's some big gains in the offseason in just in just a few months under a new staff. Yeah, I was updating the uh, the roster page on the website the other day, pretty much taking the media guide roster and doing that. And there was multiple times I had to go back and like double Make check sure. as I was going down. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. did this guy really gained like am I is this yeah. right that he was up forty pounds from yeah. what he was at? And so um, that's a testament to Zach, but not just Zach. I mean, he can be in there showing the guys what to do and all that stuff, but it's on them to uh, put the work in, and obviously it, it looks like they've been doing that. Yeah, and you, and you talk about bringing people back. Scott is also bringing concepts back, and another one that we learned in Chicago was the return of the freshman locker room, and that really created a lot of positive waves, especially with um, football alums that remember how it used to be that you had to earn your stripes and earn your way into that locker room. Now, Scott said it, he admitted that with all the walk-ons they're adding, they're actually running out of room, so they have to do this. In a, it's almost a necessity to do it, but why not, again, go back to something that was a motiv- motivating factor and, and work back in the 90s? So they're going back to that, the freshmen and, and walk-ons, and he didn't know for sure where, where transfers would fit in with this. He joked that when he was a transfer here that he was put into the varsity locker room immediately and joked that he probably shouldn't have been, but... For sure, the freshmen and the walk-ons will have their own locker room, and then you have to earn your way up to the varsity locker room. That's kind of a that's a different approach from things, not just in football, but in all sports in today's game. In in today, it's like as soon as you're here, you you kind of expect everything, and there's also this mentality that well, hey, this other school gives all these kids this, then we have to be doing all this, and um, I like that idea, and I think. As you said, it's been well received. I think as long as you have buy-in from people on it, it's it's something that can definitely um, um, work out and be a benefit. Yeah, it's another carrot to dangle in front of a kid, and I think that's a lot of what the staff is doing is dangling carrots, and that's a big factor in, in, in motivating and and getting them to to believe in themselves and, and and get back, help get this program back to where it should be. So you have roughly. Well, it's Monday, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You got about four days until work really cranks up. Not that it hasn't been in the summer. What are you going to do with your next four days? I'm going to the lake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's. See. I am. I am. Well, so that's I'll, good. I'll see you on Thursday, I guess. <laughs> okay. I uh, my kids are gone this week at Grandma and Grandpa's house, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Maybe go to a movie with my wife. Maybe take her to dinner where we don't have to go to McDonald's or Chipotle <laughs> or Burger King or wherever my son wants to go. Um, so yeah. We're, we're going to splurge and go to Applebee's. Maybe there is one by our house, but that's somewhere <laughs> our kids will actually eat too. So I think we have to go somewhere where our kids usually okay. will want to eat at. Um, but yeah, we've got about four days left of summer for us. And then it is, uh, it's full, full grind mode, full steam, full steam ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll catch back up with everybody uh, next week after we see cult practices. Um, like I said, Brian will have content on huskers.com. Um, we'll have some video and photos on there. I'm sure our social team will have stuff out on on uh, both the uh, Huskers and uh, the uh, football account, FB Nation. Um, I guess anything else you want to get into as we're, we're winding down? Anything non-Husker related that's that's interesting or no, keep we, track we, of? We, we could talk about the Royals, but there's there's really no need to. <laughs> the, tweet, the tweet of the weekend was actually from one of my friends in Kansas. He said... The Royals were good. In fact, they were the best. Then they got rid of all their players, and now they're bad. And that's pretty much summing up what's going on there. I just, 
I guess we're rebuilding for 2045 for the next World Series. Well, so have, I just hope I'm here to see it. You have a World Series more recent than my team, the Braves. And well, that's true. We <laughs> we were in the play uh, as as someone that was in the playoffs basically every year for my young childhood and only got one World Series. I don't know which one's better. Yeah, I went through a long. Let's see, I was 13 when they won in '85. And they didn't make the playoffs again until they went to the World Series in 2014. So, yeah, that's a 29-year drought. I, yeah. I think I win. Okay. <laughs> I've always wondered, which is worse? Like, if you're just not good, Always there and never winning and or just never like, getting there. Like, and it's not like the Braves were always in the World Series, but in the play, winning the division every year. Sure. And then basically a lot of years not getting past the first round. And then yeah. Royals fan, you obviously went through a lot of losing, but... Yeah, I don't know which one's worse. I guess yeah. either way, I always look at it. If you don't win the championship, everyone's a loser. Yeah, like exactly. my brother, my brother's a Vikings fan, and I'm a Cowboys fan. And a couple years ago, the Vikings beat the Cowboys, and it's like, well, at the end of the year, what happened? Neither of us won the Super Bowl. You've <laughs> never, you're a Vikings fan, you've never won the Super Bowl. So until you get at least one, ouch. Yeah, <laughs> rub it in. <laughs> I have no problem rubbing it. In. My other brother's an Eagles fan, and they got their first one. So yeah, they did. I let him enjoy that for a little bit, and then I told him he still has four more to go. Yeah, training camps are already in session. They are. And I, I did see that Brandon Riley is doing very, very well with Buffalo, by the way. Um, and that's no surprise at all. I, I expect big things from him this season. And I just saw a tweet or a tweet of a story or a tweet about him that he's really turning heads in Buffalo's camp. So, uh, yeah, make sure to stay tuned with uh, with Brandon Riley. He's a Lincoln kid, Husker, mm-hmm. former walk-on, just has it all. That's the great story right there. Yeah. I, I know. Uh, let's see. Last week or the week before I mean there's a I don't think people always realize that how many former Huskers come back and work out here in the summer oh yeah um, tons tons um, let's see Spencer Long Jeremiah Searles and Brett Qualley were Qualley. all here I saw Qualley working out uh-huh. um, I know I saw um, Zach Sterup was here mm-hmm. um, so even I mean a lot of those guys played for Bo and didn't Re- play Re- for Mike yeah. and Rex Burkhead's been here and I, I think Jordan Westerkamp's been here um, I'm trying to think of others that I've seen over not necessarily this year but over the years that yeah. have come through here and worked out but I mean Josh Banderas is another one so. other than going to school here a lot of those guys aren't from yeah. Nebraska or anywhere close and I think that's an testament to yeah absolutely hey, I, I still come back and I work out here and I trust the people that I work out with and yeah. so um yeah, it's just it's it's always nice to see those guys around and kind of hear what they had to say about about being in the NFL and different stories you hear and all those kind of fun things. So um, maybe we'll try and get you know an off week sometime when one of them we know one of them's going to be here on campus. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, try and get one of them on here to give us some insight to life in the NFL. So I'm all for that. Okay, well until next week, um, hopefully we'll have some fun stories to talk about from practice, and uh, we'll catch you next week.